Well, after the last episode, I went into this episode as, I don't not as nervous as ever, but just as like, I don't know, ready to be disappointed. Right? Ready to feel the decline of of what felt like the beginning of a big decline in the last episode. You feeling me? You picking up what I'm laying down? Hmm. Yeah, you're 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 ready for a trend to continue, but you, I was, you were hoping it wasn't. But I was hoping it wasn't. Um Yeah. Hello and welcome to the yeah. Movie Man Podcast. Welcome. Yes. I know. We are I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The B team. I forgot who you were for a second. I thought you were capable of doing more than than what you actually are, apparently. You, you can't change it up last minute like that on me. It doesn't work. My name's Brady. And I am not a scroll, Carl. And uh wow, that's debatable. And we're back talking fonts again about the uh the uh, the show Secret Invasion. MCU. And uh, the show is basically a Nick Fury show. Let's be honest. Yeah. Let's be honest. Should have just called it Nick Fury. Yeah. yeah, Or just Fury. <laughs> just call it Fury. That would have been a fun name, Fury. Yeah. Yeah. Just call it Fury. Yeah. Right? He's out for revenge anyway. So Fury. It works. The Rise and Fall <laughs> of Graphic. It's an awful name. It's a terrible name. Huh. Fury, Secret Invasion. That would have been better. That would have been cool. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, Kevin Feige. I dropped the ball. When we had... Anyway. When we, when we went out for anyway. wings, wings and beer that night. <laughs> Getting into it. Uh, Guy is not dead. Yay! Episode four. Yeah, it's the... Uh, it's one more fake death in the MCU. <laughs> it's another it's Everybody's another alive. It's another Nobody Wednesday. dies. <laughs> All right, so let's let's break down episode four of Secret Invasion. First things first, she's not actually dead. Yeah. Get Secret Invasion out. episode four begins with a rather artistically rendered sequence that reveals that Gaia took the Super Skrull treatment before she left New Skrullos. So, yeah, that's an important thing, though, is this feels like a different type of fake death because there's a reveal baked into it yeah that she is a super scroll now a, a, a bit of a setup from last week showing that gravic healing from that knife cut so we we know that the super scroll machine works yes um and then yeah like but we don't we don't realize that gaia has has taken she's juiced the herself treatments. Yep. Well, good until, for her until now. Yeah, good for good for her. You know. Yeah. If you're gonna screw over an evil e- evil organization, at least uh, reap the harvest before you do so. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, moments after yeah. being shot and left for dead by Gravik, she heals thanks to her new extremis abilities. One of many she probably has now. As a side yeah, potentially. note, um, yeah, like as an interesting side note, extremist subjects from Iron Man 3 could breathe fire on top of healing. Right, yeah. 
right? Like there's yeah, maybe all kind kinds of, of, of a temperature. Thing. Now the question is, was that more of a byproduct of extremis being in a human body? Right? Maybe. Like, also, Extremis was like, is this a better Extremis? Because Extremis in Iron Man 3 was super flawed. Yeah. This is a People were going formula. supernova. Right? Yeah. Um, combine that with Skrull shape-shifting, and the MCU may just deliver Amelia Clark transforming into a big green f- dragon. <laughs> there you go. Right? That's how we get uh, Fing Fang Foom. And then we get our opening credits. Very short opening scene this time. Straight into opening credits. She's live. Cue the music. After the opening credits, a flashback sequence, as we've come to expect from this show, um, this time to Paris, 2012, shortly after the events of the first Avengers movie. Uh, In what becomes a reoccurring motif for the show, Fury walks into a bar and meets Vera. They talk about the Avengers for a bit, and Fury asks her about the book she's reading. Man, this is a good scene. The dialogue in this show is top-notch. Say what you will about the rest of it. The dialogue and the acting going with it. Oh, man. Fury asks about the book she's reading. It's a collection of poems by American poet Raymond Carver. And Fury asks him to tell him, asks her to tell him, her favorite. The poem in question, Late Fragment, is framed as a conversation between two people, so they read it together, and it goes like sis. And did you get what you wanted from this life even so? I did. And what did you want? To call myself beloved. To feel myself beloved on the earth. The scene is easily the most touching moment between husband between these two so far like yeah it which makes priscilla's betrayal all the more painful cut to the present day and priscilla is sitting in saint james church where she has met with Rody. now confirmed to, now <coughs> confirmed to be a squirrel she asks Confirmed him last episode. Yes. Okay, she cool. asks him about Fury getting fired, and Rhodey tells her that he fired him himself. She questions how that figures into Gravik's plan, but that's information she doesn't get. That's kind of like he's above your pay grade, girl. The scrolls, the scrawl that's impersonating Rhodey, orders Priscilla to kill Fury at their home in the country. Meanwhile, and this is like, he's like, basically, he's like, someone who lives in your house today is going to die, is going to catch a bullet. Yeah. He literally says something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Is going to catch a bullet, flip a coin, I don't care. Right? Like, (laughs) he's cold. Cold. You do it or I'll kill you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if there was ever any doubt that he's a scrawl, that hopefully should clear it up. Yeah, not not likely that Rhodey is a Skrull sympathizer. He's he's definitely Skrull. Yeah, uh, she tries to convince Rhodey that Fury is a broken man who they don't need to fear or kill. However, Rhodey dismisses her concerns and makes an ominous statement about what he's going to do. Hang on a second. I just had a terrifyingly earth-shattering theory. 
The Skrulls arrive when? 1990 what? Uh, long before the Avengers. Long before the Avengers. Long, long before, before like, Iron Man was a thing. Right. So here's a question. Are we just missing the real Rhodey and and this is a scroll impersonating Rhodey? Or is this the Rhodey that we've always known and Rhodey's been a scroll all along as like a sleeper agent waiting for this to happen? Okay. So, yeah, this is a great question. And this, if you, you listen to the last episode, uh, I, I at the end of it, I talked about how I watched a, one of my breakdown video guys go yeah. down, go into like why this show isn't working for hit for him and why shows in the MCU aren't working. And, and for this show specifically, he touches on like this topic and why the reveal wasn't, was, was the way they did it was a mistake. It was weak. Because yeah, it kind of, they don't, they could have made that, with question you're you're alluding to the answer more obvious right like about how long and then it creates more of a a, a tent more tension like oh man they've been they've been in, integrated into superhero in the mcu right a lot longer who else could potentially be like because was, in all of the flashbacks we've seen like there's there's some flashbacks in iron man 3 but Rhodey's not a part of them so we don't know how long yeah. Tony and Rhodey have been friends. It's not like they were, it's not like we have confirmation that they were childhood chums back in the seventies and it, you know, that there right. is a real Rhodey. And, and like this whole, the whole scroll movement that, um, Gravik is kind of created. Yeah. It feels very fairly recent. Like it does. The, at least from the blip forward. Because in like 98. The, the snap, sorry, snap forward. The blip is when they come back. From the snap forward. At some point during the snap, because Fury is gone, Gravik yeah. feels betrayed or like hit that, that promise that Fury made is void and he needs to take right. things into his own hands. So it's not necessarily that, that Rhodey's always been an evil scroll. But could have just been, no. could have just been a scrawl in hiding, but <clears throat> right. is a scrawl in hiding who has aligned with this new way of thinking. Yeah, but I think yeah, it, it, I I only watched the the video this video once, and before watching it, I was feeling like after watching this episode and the last episode, I was feeling like there's something missing with this. And like one of the, the things he kind of touches on is this, and he, because he's kind of written a script and dove into it and thought about it more, he puts it a lot more eloquently than I can re even recall what he said very well. But like the, like the way he talks about it, I was like, yeah, like this could have been a way bigger thing. And they've only got two more episodes to really do something with it. And I don't feel like they're going to be able to. Like, right. and, and as part of part of this part of this kind of reveal that Rhodey's a scroll is that this this massive world that we've become to know feels small. Yep. 
Like this is supposed to be like a global threat problem with these scrolls. Yeah. And and we only really the only other quote unquote superhero avenger that we're seeing is Rhodey. Yeah. Who's like second tier at best. <laughs> like it feels small and we're getting slow. We get, you know, you get like a mention of Groot and the extremists and stuff on the computer screen and little Easter eggs like that. But it doesn't feel the world doesn't feel big and part of the MCU. Right. And one of the things the guy in the, the YouTube video I watched touched on was that he, it's, it's definitely a budget thing, right? Like they can't, no, oh, you, you can't pull Chris Hemsworth and, in, and yeah, yeah, like you're you're have there, there are budget constraints there, but so it just I don't know, it's part it it caught it, it's it adds to the problem of the show and why it probably isn't hitting right for me, I think. Right, but what's your theory? Is has rodeo to get back to how long? Yeah, uh, I would say at best he he was. The, the scrolls took him during the after the snap. Okay. So you think Iron Man one, two, and three, Rhodey, Captain America, you know, yeah. Civil War, whatever. That's all actual Colonel James Rhodes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Like, I don't, Interesting. I don't I don't feel like they've built anything else in here. I don't think they're going to. Right. <clears throat> I think that the potential was there. But because of a six-episode time constraint and because of budget constraints and just trying to write themselves, I don't know, I don't know, like, yeah, the writing not being, not taking it into consideration maybe, I don't know. But potentially, Rhodey's appearance in the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, potentially that's a scroll. Oh, I would say that's definitely a scroll. Wow. Man, I'm like, this is like, yeah, everything. I don't know. Roadie post blip is definitely a scroll at some point. Wow. If not before blip, post blip for sure. Mm-hmm. Holy like, mackerel. It, there's, okay. there's the potential that he fought in the final fight against Thanos. More likely sometime after that, probably. Right. That's That would be my theory. Okay. My theory, yeah. And I think it needs to be. Because I was going to say, well, what if he was always a scrawl? Right? It, what if he became a scrawl in the 90s? And like before Iron Man, before, like that War Machine has always been a scrawl, is on the table. However, yeah. I think that, again, then you get into like, he's. If 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 this is the real James Rhodes, this guy is not redeemable in fans' eyes, right? Like we're no, we're never going to accept this guy as one of us ever again after what we've seen so far, and we haven't even seen much up until the point that we we've talked about. But like we're not we're not accepting yeah, he's this not guy. Not the back man of the honor that we've come to know, and therefore. Armor Wars goes out the window. Yeah. Right. Which is the other thing, right? Like, and, and this was one of the other things that the, the breakdown talked about, like, because we see fury in promotional material for the Marvels, 
we know Fury survives and everything, and he's gonna. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. So it was like uh, they've they've spoiled, they've spoiled essentially spoiled without saying exactly what happens. They've spoiled their ending. Yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, and then the same thing goes with like this the the armor wars, right? Like because armor wars is going to be a thing, we know that Skrull Rhodey is going to bite it, and Rhodey's gonna be saved somehow. Yeah, yeah. Because Skrull okay. Rhodey is not going to be the one to lead armor wars. No, not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. Um, so Priscilla tries to convince Rhodey that Fury is a broken man who they don't need to fear or kill. However, Rhodey dismisses her concerns and makes an ominous statement about what he's going to do. That's the whole, look, someone's going to die. Either you or him, choose. Um, elsewhere, Pagon, Pagon, Pagon talks to Gravik about Gaia while they are preparing for another attack. But Gravik tells him that he's already taken care of her right now. So obviously Gravik doesn't know that she juiced herself. No. Interesting. But I got a question for you. Do we need this scene? Like it's short, so you could, you could do or do without it, but like realistically do you need it i think the only thing that it serves is to set the record straight that he believes her to be dead that that wasn't just to slow her down that was to kill her i mean because if he knew that she was extremacy then he would shoot her just to slow her down and get away i mean i i'm pretty sure the the last scene from the last episode makes it plainly obvious that he thinks she's dead and she he killed her maybe yeah like, right now their if, concern is the strike the plan is to attack a high profile american target disguised as russian troops which should finally kick off the war that gravik's been planning all this time i mean that's the other thing that comes out of this scene i suppose right it just feels very kind of throwaway for me at a picturesque lake Talos and Gaia talk about what happened with Talos apologizing to his daughter, saying she's that she doesn't need, she says she doesn't need an apology. Yeah, he's like, I should never have forced you to have been a part of this. This is another great scene, man. Yeah. Like, I will forever sing the praises of the, the writing and acting in these, these emotional scenes. Yeah. All she it's needs... De- they're definitely the high point and the thing that keeps you coming back in this for this show. Oh yeah. She says all she needs is to know that he has a plan. He does have one, but unfortunately it's not one that she likes. Talos believes that once they put down the scrawl insurgency, they will be able to use that as a bargaining chip to con- convince the president to give the scrawls an amnesty so that would, they continue would you to call live what on. He has a plan. Yeah. Like, well, at best, it's a hope. <laughs> it's a hope. And I'm hoping I'm Ga- hoping this works. It's then, not a plan. Yeah, then Gaia I, I got tells this him, idea and it's a it's a coin flip. Yeah, Gaia it's not basically even a coin flip. tells it's a toss him in the bucket. Delusional and then she she pieces out. It's yeah. yeah, it's tricky, right? Because he he's she wants she's aligned with him in that she believes Gravik is evil. But she also puts it out, she's like, you have to have a plan because Gravik has one and he's implemented it and it works. 
Well, and it's not just a plan. It's a vision. Like he has a vision for his people. And I think that's what this is about. This, this whole scene is she's, she's not just asking for herself. You have, do you have a plan? She's asking for like, in terms of our people, our people won't need a plan. Yeah. What's your, what's your plan for our people? And so she's our sort people of people need some, something to follow. She's torn in, in between. No plan is not something they'll follow. They need plan. Yeah. They, and Gravix got a, not only a plan, but vision and, and people follow implementation vision. and yeah. Yeah. And so, and it's, it's, so it's, it's a tale of two cities here, right? Because Gravik will not settle for less than his people. Like he wants to start terraforming, right? Essentially like Gravik. Yeah, he wants nuclear fallout because every, all the humans will die and scrolls are immune to nuclear. Yes. Fallout. He wants a planet for his people and is willing to do whatever necessary yeah. to get it. Talos is maybe not content, but the way he views things is we're a people without a planet. That is the reality. And the best that we can hope for is, is, you know, the continued generosity of our hosts, the ability to stay here and live here peacefully. Gaia falls kind of in between. She is not on board with the shit that Gravik is doing and has emotional convictions towards her father, but also wants her own planet, is, is over the notion of living in disguise, wants to live in her own skin, wants to be her own, wants to be herself. So it's, it's crazy because I don't know, because here's the thing. We're talking about the ending of the show has been spoiled in so many ways. Yes, except for we don't know what the outcome is. There's, you know, the big conflict, we don't know how this will be resolved. Yeah. It's kind of like a Star Wars episode three. Right. We scenario. can assume Gravik's not going to win, right? Yeah. We know that there's not going to be nuclear fallout. We know the end game. We don't know the story of how it gets there. Well, but we don't fully know the end game because what I don't know right now is whether or not this show ends with Skrulls living freely amongst people in their own skin or continuing to hide. Right. There are, there are definitely some unknowns. Yeah. But I think we can make some pretty strong assumptions about key characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Uh, back at the Fury Residence, prepare yourself for another great scene. Maybe <laughs> the best scene of the show yet. Back at the Fury Residence, Priscilla returns to find Nick in the kitchen, having once again forgotten to put on his wedding ring. He makes tea, sits down to talk. And it's like, she's like, oh, I didn't expect you to be home, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, surprise. <laughs> like, there's so much a, in this work scene. Thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, because he knows that she knows that he's been fired, but she doesn't know that he knows that she knows. And so, yeah, he's like, oh, it's one of those got to be, a, you know, works calling kind of things. And like, oh, my gosh, it's so good. Fury confronts her about working with Gravik, telling her that all of the things he, that of all the things he's done, she was his biggest mistake. 
He tells her how he ignored all of his instincts when he married her. And then even now, knowing that she's been sent to kill him, if he had the chance to change his actions, he's not sure whether he would. Man. They both put their guns on the table and Fury asks Vera the story of how she became Priscilla. She reveals that Dr. Priscilla Davis was dying from a congenial heart defect. Farah visited her almost every day, but not entirely out of kindness. She was looking for someone who she could slip past Fury's defenses, prompting him to remark that she's been playing the long game even then. Which is like, yeah, just a moment. Even Fury, we passed this, but even Fury, like, the body language acting. A fury sitting on the bench with a bug listening in on Priscilla and Rhodey's conversation. And just realizing how much has been a lie. And pushing himself through it, through it. Pushing down the emotions he needs to push down and and plotting out what he's gotta do next. Remaining ever tactical. Man. Man, it's so good. Um, whether or not, whether that's true or not, one day when it became clear that the real Priscilla was about to die, Vera told her everything and asked to assume her life. That was nice of her. I kind of, I, I, I don't know. It was, it's weird. Vera's like, or Priscilla is there's kind of this humanizing i that's a weird term because she's a squirrel but there's kind of this element to her where like yes she's bad but she, I, I believe she really did fall for nick well i wouldn't even say she's bad <clears throat> she was hurt because he didn't choose her when he came back from the blip well, no, but if she's being truthful in that, but that way back when, back in in the nineties or whenever that was, that she was looking for someone to slip past his defenses, then she's had an ulterior motive this whole time. Huh. I must have read that that part of the conversation wrong as it unfolded. Because I just assumed she was looking for someone who would slip past his defenses because she had a crush on him. No, no. No, I don't think so. Which then also calls into question, like, how long has Gravik... Like, Gravik's maybe that, been pissy a lot longer. That would make Gravik trying to lead this scroll, a small scroll group when he's, like, a teenager then. Planting seeds, man. But why Why would an adult scrawl follow that vision of a teenager? That doesn't make, I don't I, know. I don't know. Or maybe, there, I feel maybe like Gravik's it's the not way. the first leader. I feel like we need, we need, okay, if anybody listening in on this, please weigh in. We need, I think we need some, some other. What do you mean if anybody's opinion? listening to this? I think nobody listens no, no, no. to this. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> If, if that one person out there that listens to this garbage, I gotta, I, to this I gotta, dribble. I got to regular, regularly send you our analytics. I don't think you, 
<laughs> I don't think you realize how many people are listening. Nobody listens to us. This is just us. If anybody out there is listening, let us know how you interpreted this scene. Because I, I don't know. Even he- hearing you lay that out makes sense that she was kind of like trying to kind of spy on Fury for the Skrulls. Mm-hmm. But man, I with Gravik as the leader at the time. No, sorry, not Gravik. With Talos as the leader of the Skrulls, kind of essentially at the time. I feel like that's not the case. I feel like she was she was trying to just she liked him and wanted to break through that tough exterior to kind of get to know the real hand because he had she had a crush. Right. That that's how I read it. Okay. I, I understand where you're coming from, but it it's not enough to dissuade me from my initial impression. Okay. All right. I think you're wrong. But I, yeah, I I think your how you read it has some weight and validity, but I don't think it sways me. Okay. Um we need we need third and fourth party, so speak up people. Fences remarks in a long game. Um the dying woman then made Vera make her three promises. First, to bury her at sea, which Priscilla said she did. Second, to continue to be a daughter to her parents, which Nick says, which you have. And third, to never hurt Nick. Because she asks, she asks the real Priscilla um, if she if she wants to fall in love or you know she tells him all about nick she doesn't just reveal the fact that she's a shape-shifting alien yeah she tells him all about nick um they then recite the late fragment again and at the final line they draw their guns and they fire simultaneously yeah and then which is, in a, which is done off off screen off screen in a really well shot well edited sequence yeah we've um, got a few few seconds of shots yeah and then there's a few seconds of what the hell happened and then we don't cut away we instantly were back there for the reveal that neither yeah, of them hits thank god the target <laughs> That would have um, been really bad of them to cut away from this scene. Well, I mean, it would have been great, but it would have no, been. Would've, it would, this is way better. Yeah. It would have uh, been bad for them to go somewhere else. Fury jokes that he doesn't know whether to ask for a divorce or to renew their vows. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tense, powerful scene Um, that is, yeah, it's just crazy. And then they kind of embrace each other. Right? Like, they he still loves her and she still loves him. And there's this kind of weird, complicated dynamic there. Um, now that she's betrayed Gravik, Fury wants Vera. Uh, Fury warns Vera that they will come after her, but she assures him that she can take care of herself. Before he leaves, Vera asks Fury if he would have loved her if she had remained her true self. He has no real answer, only saying, guess we'll never know. This was so tough because you and I both talked about at the end of the first episode, when we first saw the reveal 
or end of second episode, end of the second episode when we first saw the reveal that Fury had a wife, we were both just so rooting for him and his happiness. We'd like, you go, Fury. Get a get a slice of that apple pie life. Right? And and like you just want the guy to be happy. You want him to have like it's so fun in Age of Ultron when you find out that Clint has a secret his ki- a wife and kids. He's a safe house set up with a family. Right? That it's not just all this day in and day out tactical bullshit that he's he's found happiness yeah and you want that so bad for fury when you find out and and that is what makes this betrayal so painful is that even when it seems like fury has found happiness the guy just can't catch a win and it's ah it's freaking tough then moving on to another amazing scene. <laughs> In Rhodey's hotel suite, we find out that it's a female scrawl who's been impersonating him. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I know. And I also, I, I, I mean, this is, you know, the ever me body image and, and nudist activism, you know, whatever guy. But I, I, I thought it was a really interesting thing in this scene that another species that a scrawl female was wrapping her towel around in such a way to to cover all the same parts that that a human would cover and i'm like in part of that is like that's not really a creative decision that's just it's hey it's disney <laughs> right like we're not about to show a topless scrawl in this show because it's a Disney Plus MCU show, but yeah. I, I just part of me was kind of like raised an eyebrow to that, and I'm like, really? I mean, like, is that you know, is it, would, would that uh, would would that be a thing? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> the scrolls have been on Earth long enough that they've probably picked up human um, habits and tendencies, habits and, and influences. Yeah, so. Uh, Skrull Rhodey finds too. Fury waiting for him with a bottle of Pappy Van Winkles. Now, Ooh, listen. baby. Listen. Pappy. You and I are not whiskey connoisseurs no. by any means. I wouldn't. No, yeah. We enjoy a little taste. Yeah. A little taste. Yep. A, little, a little glass. Yeah, we sure do. We sure do. And um, And you have some really... Fancy whiskey glasses, my friend. Do you? And I did a little bit of little bit of digging, a little bit of researching to find out whether or not Peppy Van Winkles is a real whiskey. Interesting. And I'm happy to inform to report that it is. Ooh. That it's available at the LCBO. And is it expen- not the- as expensive as they say in the show. Well, I don't know because in the show they're drinking a twenty-three year aged. Well, no, it's so it's not right. So there's two two varieties you can get. There's the fifteen year aged, or what they drink in the show is the twenty-three year aged bottle. 
Right. The 23-year age bottle at the LCBO goes for $549.95. The 15-year aged one goes for like $249.95. So, I'm just saying, (laughs) you know, just... The next time the three of us sit down to record... Uh, a show yeah you you, does Pete, you does, is pete a scotch guy i can't remember he is if i tell him he is yeah, yeah he is if we tell him he is he is yeah he is. next time we sit down we'll have a little pepes especially especially because i like i know that pete isn't watching secret invasion which means like he listens to our news episodes regularly I think he doesn't listen to these i don't think he's listening to this i'll tell you right now pete does whatever i tell him to do yeah if i tell pete, him to drink whiskey you're a doink <laughs> it's not a doink. Doinky Pete, what are you gonna do? Fire so, me? So, so next time the three of us sit give down, give me a heck about talking about the town we live in. Like I wh- gave away my street name and phone number. <laughs> He's hating on you. <laughs> that's Screw why, you, Pete. <laughs> that's why right next to my my podcast, right in my studio, right next, like right underneath a piece of acoustical paneling right now, I always, there's a sticky note with Pete's social insurance number written on it, just in case <laughs> I need to give that out at any point. Um, but the next time the three of us sit down, which is probably going to be to do Back to the Future, the Back to the Future trilogy, I expect a bottle of uh, of old Pappy's, Pappy Van Winkles. Anyways, moving on. Um <laughs> So they sit down and they enjoy Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve bourbon. They share a drink and Fury tells Rhodey that there's a Skrull spy close to the president, asking <gasps> him you to have his say. job back. But Skrull Rhodey, turn, in turn, shows Fury a video of Gravik as Fury killing Maria Hill, blackmailing him. Rhodey then proposes to make sure the video doesn't get out, so long as Fury stops spreading his wild conspiracies. So they're basically both just trying to checkmate each other. Yeah. And it's a great tense scene. Yeah. Do you feel... There's a sense here that Skrull Rhodey knows Nick Fury knows. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I would say, if unless Skrull Rhodey's a complete moron then that's the case. Yes, I think so entirely. And I think it makes it that much greater that Fury's not just coming out and saying it. Yeah. He's he's playing, he's toying with him. Um, of course, Fury has a whole other scheme playing out. We cut to Fury and Talos in a car where they reveal that Fury has put a liquid location tracker in the bourbon. Which, you- which he says... At the beginning of the Rhodey hit a Fury interaction. Yeah. Like, yep. Rhodey's like, is it poison? No, maybe liquid tracker. <laughs> I know. Are, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> they use the tracker to follow Rhodey to an airship, <clears throat> airstrip, where President Ritson has just landed for a bilateral summit with Russia. There's a moment of levity where President Ro- where the president asks Rhodey if he's drunk, telling the <laughs> aide to get Rhodey a large coffee for the road. Once they're on the road, it doesn't take long before the convoy comes under attack. Yeah, like, and Rhodey says yeah, to hit one of his guys, he's like, get me a mint. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, implying that he he didn't just have one additional glass of that bottle. He probably... Uh, Polished it off. I mean, it, it's Pappy's. It's Pappy's. It's Pappy's. You don't let that thing, just, you don't let that thing air for too long. <laughs> no. Gravik and his team fire rockets at the president's car, launching an all-out assault on the convoy while disguised as Russians. The president is knocked out inside of his car, upside down, um, but luckily still alive. But Gravik pushes the offensive, massacring the president's security team. Like, Secret Service is dropping the ball here. Yeah. They get devastated. Well, I mean, they're they're pretty heavily outgunned. Fury and Talos arrive, but by then the battle is in full swing. During the course of the battle, Gravik reveals more of his super scrawl powers by using Groot's ability to kill a man yeah. while Fury and Talos desperately try to get the president. Man. Yeah. I'm like, oh shit, he's got Groot powers. <laughs> Which means yeah. Assumedly, so does Gaia. Potentially, yeah. Like, so the question is, like, in in the comics, the scroll during the scroll invasion, a scroll would take on the powers of the hero that they're mimicking, that they're right. that they're taking the place of, but no one else, and only the super scroll. Uh, himself has more than one power, which is all, the power of all four Fantastic Four. So the, it, there is the potential that Gaia just took Extremis. And, but the, yeah, it, it, it is also likely that she's got everything that he's got. I think it would be more interesting if she's just got the one and he putting her at a like, disadvantage, just downloading every patch. <laughs> every time yeah. they get a new power he's just like put it in <laughs> yeah luckily or hopefully they don't have miss marvel's stuff because then i mean we're all fooked at that point completely fooked like uh, yeah that'd be bad news bears yeah. Uh, British troops arrive on the scene to help them get to the president's car with Talos using his super strength to break open the reinforced glass window. Gravik notices and has Pagan shoot Talos. There's a cool moment here where like the president's task force go to turn on Talos and Fury's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's with us. He's with us. And it's cool that they like, you know... I don't know if the memo hasn't gotten out that Fury's been fired or, like, what's happening, but there's still respect for Fury. Everybody there, everyone on the president's detail knows they, who they Fury who is. is. Yeah, that, that's cool. Um, Gravik, yeah, blah, 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 shoot Talos. But even as shot. he's even as he's dying and quickly yeah. losing his human shape, Talos continues to bang on the glass eventually shattering it so Fury can rescue the president. While Fury takes the president to his car, one of the soldiers picks up Talos. Fury draws a gun on the soldier and tells him to put him down. When the soldier doesn't comply, Fury shoots him. The soldier then transforms back to Gravik, stabbing Talos. Screaming, Fury tries to kill Gravik, 
But then the scroll leader heals himself thanks to his enhancements. Yeah, in like a, man, Sam Jackson's face acting in this moment of like, what the hell? Like, like no. Like, well, and that, and then the, his reaction to the healing. Oh, yeah. Because he, what, they like, don't know the super scrawl thing is a thing. What are all the other soldiers doing at this point? Do they not see what <laughs> the graphic is standing right there? Right. Not that they could do anything about it because of how all the powers he's assum- assumingly uh, gotten into himself. But like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) The scroll get away, and Fury has no choice but to escape once again, leaving behind the corpse of a loved one. So here's a question. Is Talos dead? Are they going to do two fake deaths in a row? Of course he's dead. He did. There's no way he got. The only reason Gaia came back is because as she was escaping, she jumped into the machine. Yep. Man, so that's that's there was no machine for Talos. (laughs) That sucks. Yeah, then it and it it kind of like how is it raises the question of like how is Gaia going to respond to this? Like, Mm -hmm. she's gonna be heartbroken, obviously, but it's like she could blame Fury as much as she could blame um Gravik. Like, mm-hmm. Fury left him behind. Yeah. Like, you you didn't stop Talos, and you left him behind, and now my dad's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she could be just as, she. this could, just could be her, her villain origin story. As much as it could be her, like, she could join Gravik, or she could just kind of just start her own um, Skrull cult, <laughs> we'll call it. Right. I think she'll team up with Fury. Because then otherwise, I don't know where the show goes from here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if she teams up with him, I bet you it'll be begrudgingly so. Like, oh, yeah. She's gonna, like, she's gonna I don't think she trusts Fury regardless. Yeah, she trusted her dad, not Fury. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, complete entirely. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. So, was this episode a winner or a fail for you? I think it was a little bit better than the last episode. And as great as the the dialogue and writing is on these kind of one-on-one conversations that we're seeing in this show... It's, it doesn't feel like it's enough to carry us to carry the show and make it feel like there's big stakes involved. Like these one-on-one conversations that we're, we're, we're falling in love with here. They're personal. They're, They're very, they're small in terms of the scope of what's at stake. They don't. Yeah. They don't add to the, to the global problem here of Gravik's going to destroy the Earth. I don't feel like Gravik's going to destroy the Earth yet, as much as that is the plot device. Right. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Yeah. It kind of, it kind of goes back to the kind of the, what, what we were talking about earlier, but like, yeah, the uh, weak reveal of roadie, the, the stakes aren't there. The, the, yeah, it just, it feels small and it doesn't, and maybe it's the budget because they can't, or maybe it's the writing, which is working for these conversations slash monologues between characters, but it's just, it's not working on a whole. So I would say it's a win, but it's as, as a whole for the show itself, they're, the, the, the last two episodes just aren't working. I feel like the first two episodes set everything up really well, but the follow through is just, is not there in terms of right. the story that's being told, the grant, the, the bigger story that they're trying to be told. The little stories between characters are phenomenal. The story being told between Fury and Talos, the story between uh, Fury and his wife, Priscilla, like those are amazing stories and amazing conversations, but they're not, they, 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 they're, they're, they're micro in terms of the overall story that they're, that the, the secret invasion is supposed to be. Right. So yeah, it's, it's another kind of begrudging win, I would say. Yeah, I agree. With, I, I mean, I don't agree. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So, okay. So you don't agree. What do you think? I think it, so I, I agree that it's a win. But this is my favorite episode yet. I think this is the best episode we've gotten. And it's, mm. it's weird. That's weird for me. Um, cause. Be- because it hasn't been the trend. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's got me dubious of, you know, of what's to come. Like, is this a, is this a diamond in the rough? I don't know. I don't know. But there's a lot of interesting questions posed here. There's a lot of crazy stuff that's happened in this episode. And, um, and yeah. And I, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, but, um, but I'm, I'm excited and I'm more excited at this stage in the game. I'm more excited to find out what's happening and what's going to happen in any show since WandaVision. So that's, I mean, kudos. That's a big win. That's a really big win. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't wait. Like I said, they've only got, like you said, they've only got two episodes left. So, so we're going to have to find out, you know, a lot in a little bit, but hopefully they can pull that off. Hopefully it doesn't feel rushed. Yeah. <clears throat> but you're I'm, dubious. I'm, I'm yeah, I, I just feel... Man, I feel feel torn. Like I want to like it, but it just <clears throat> it doesn't feel like a good um 
rendition is the wrong word, interpretation of the Civil War story. And and that would definitely be a budget thing because you can't have all the past superheroes or even a number, a handful of them in this show or else the budget goes through the roof and they definitely have budget constraints. Like the budget on these Marvel films has definitely got our show TV shows has definitely dropped significantly since the, the first Marvel show of WandaVision. Like it's, it's, it's pretty obvious and I'm pretty sure we could find out the exact kind of inf- that information specifically, but I feel like it's pretty obvious. The budget's a lot lower than, than when WandaVision first hit. Maybe. Like, yeah. I mean, WandaVision was very effects heavy. Very effects heavy. You had uh, a number of leading characters from the original movies and on screen, like, which brings your budget up. And yeah, I don't know. The quality is just not at the same. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like it's going to end up just kind of, being not not a flop but you know like when you buy fireworks from the store and you're like oh this is gonna be awesome they're gonna be so great and even if you buy like the really expensive one and you set them off and they're cool especially if you buy those expensive ones they look nice but it's short because you spend a lot of money so you don't have as much and they're never the same as the big powder kegs that they set off for like the town sets off for Canada day. Oh, the massive right? shells. Those yeah. are really expensive <laughs> and you need a license to set those off. Right. So it's kind of like, it's going to fall short of expectation. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, the one me, hope I that I have, the one belief I have, um, is that, uh, is that this show is going to impact and ha- like it's going to change the MCU? Um, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Like, it'll change the MCU as much as any TV show we've gotten so far. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm hopeful. Like, I'm hopeful. But I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We shall see. Thank you for watching. Yeah. I just, before we close out here, like, yeah, I just kind of, to to firm up my point before we sign off, like, I think this is just another one of those story points that they could have used over several films as a big thing, as a, like a major plot device that they've just kind of thrown by the wayside for a TV show or just to have it. Yeah. Get it done. Maybe. Anyway, go on. Send us off. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all down below. Patreon. As little as a dollar a month. Support the show. Support Skip the show. Skip your coffee and support us. Yeah. Support the, the show. I mean, I talk a lot about, I always talk a lot about what you can get in return, and there are things in return, man. Exclusive content, all kinds of things, but... You're also supporting us. You're making it so that we can continue to do this show as many times a week as we do it. 
um, and cover the hosting costs of a podcast and so on and so forth. Um, and merch. We have a merch page. <clears throat> merchandise. Merchandise. Get your merchandise. Um, yeah, we got lots of shirts and hoodies and hats and mugs and stickers and all kinds of stuff. So go check that out. They're all very reasonable, like basically a zero margin on them. Like we're not really making money off merchandise. That's 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 so that you can get swagged out. 100%. And until yeah. next week. Until next week, hopefully, hopefully the stakes are raised and – yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go watch. Yeah. I'm gonna go watch it right now, but because uh, because I need to know, I need to know what yeah. happens. But uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll let you know because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're here for. 